Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to uh, Somos Mas, the official podcast of Somos Mas NM and your source for the New Mexico United and New Mexico Runners News. My name, of course, is Seth Bedoff. Joining us tonight, we've got a full house. Once again, we got Jacob Terrell, Earl Nieto, and owner of the New Mexico Runners, Andres Trujillo. Andres, thank you so much for joining us tonight. We appreciate you being here. Um, we're going to get to you here in just a second. I, and I don't know if you, I know you've seen the show before. We do start out with one burning question for everybody. And uh, just to go ahead and throw it out there, how about them Cowboys? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, poor Earl. Poor Earl. <laughs> Were you sad, like, 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 legitimately sad when all the debacle happened and Dak no. made choices he made? Uh... No. So here's the thing. Um, I'm part of all these stupid Facebook groups. Um, one of them is the <laughs> NFC East trash talk. And I told an Eagles fan last week, or when we beat their scrub unit, whatever the hell it was, whenever it was, a couple weeks ago. Um, I would actually be ashamed and be disappointed if we did win. So, am I disappointed? No, I expected it. I, I, I got to tell you, the, the, the memes were really nuts, right, on Facebook. Uh, the, one of my favorite ones, and, and, and let me let me just preface this by saying, I, I'm a casual Cowboy fan. I'm not, I don't know, like, I, I haven't been following them. I'm an old school Cowboy fan, right? Um, but, uh, so so there's that. But my favorite meme was the, uh, the Dallas Cowboy star, wasn't a star really it was an actual rating which is one star <laughs> yeah <laughs> i, I had a laugh me, at that. Come on. <laughs> so there's regular season cowboys and they're about three and a half four stars and then there's playoff cowboys and there's literally like half a star so no i was not disappointed anyway seth go ahead with your burning question <laughs> uh that was the burning question but i do have i do have one more for oh, you well, um that i'll drink to that all right, there you go. Uh, what do you call a group of 53 men watching the Super Bowl? The Cowboys at home on a couch. There you go. Exactly. Wait, uh, do you really uh, not have a do you really not have a burning question? Uh no, it really was just to poke some shit at you. That's all it was. Oh, you're disappointing today. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, you know, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I enjoyed the the wild card weekend. I thought there were some there's some interesting games out there. Obviously, I wish there had been a little bit better matchups than, than what we saw, but I don't really think we, there were really any surprises this weekend. Did you, did you guys take anything away from the, the games? Yeah, no. Hey, did you know that the Spice Girls were originally a band called Touch? Uh, already, huh? Already, huh? I wow. Nobody had surprises, really. I think, uh, I think the Bills, like literally dismantling this is that the right word just had a weird moment to, anyways the bills just complete annihilation of the patriots uh was was surprising and and um fun i liked it <laughs> here's a great question over the chat bucks or rams alex alex is a buccaneer fan as well um so i hope he says bucks but i'm nervous as hell about that game i'm not gonna lie so to I, answer I that question, the, I go ahead. I say books, but also, did you know the Spanish national anthem has no words? Don't egg him on, Aaron. <laughs> Don't egg him on. I had no idea about that. So now you do. Andres, we got bucks or rounds this weekend. <laughs> it gets worse, man. That, that's a tough one. Mm. 
I don't know. We'll go Buckies. Bucks. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think on paper, I, I think the Bucks know. have a better team. I think their defense is better than the Rams. Although I think the Rams have better individual pieces than the Bucks do. Um, so it's tough. And I, and I, I hate, I hate this matchup because I can't cheer for Matt Stafford, but I can't cheer for the Bucks. So I'm going to pay oh, for a meteor. Yeah. He's, he's, he's a Georgia guy. Huh? Yeah. He's from UGA. So, you know, um, yeah, there were a ton of injuries too that were picked up around the league, around the league, uh, over this course of this weekend too. Great point there, Harry. Um, yeah, Speci- I, it's gonna be specifically tough. the Bucks offensive line, which yeah. is not the best situation when you're going up against Von Miller and Aaron Donald, uh, right no, now. No, it's, so. it's specifically Buddha Baker. That's it. He got okay. knocked out cold. Uh, he did. I, I understood that. I wasn't sure how that pertained to the Bucks injuries? being injured. I was very confused, but okay. No, I just talked about injuries that Seth said. There was a whole bunch of injuries this past weekend. I know, but Harry said Bucks are injured, uh, not everybody. I don't injured. want to hear you. You know what? Turn him up. Mute him. <laughs> Bulldogs own Bama. I mean, <laughs> national championship game happened too. I mean, that was uh, that was not quite the way I expected that to turn out. Um, I, I I was just cheering for a meteor to hit Indy, so I couldn't cheer for either team. But uh, I mean, the Bulldogs outplayed them; they absolutely did. Hang on, how do you have to put me in the backstage pass now? I always had that one too. I just never used it. It was oh for when you God. really pissed me off. <laughs> Look, I have a fan. I have one fan in this place. One fan. Oh, Seth, did man. you pick up your Georgia Nat Nat title winning gear? Absolutely not. I will not. And if, if anyone sends me anything that's black and red of that nature, it you're will burn and fire. No, Georgia you're, you're, UGA. No, you're you're literally wearing Georgia Bulldogs colors right now. No, then I see there's yellow in here. The Bulldogs don't have any yellow, so but they they have white. Oh my gosh, Earl, are you okay? <laughs> did you have a rough day today, brother? No, this is every <laughs> this is this is every week. Every week on this, every week. <laughs> Look, I make this place fun. Do you? That's what it's about. I mean, <laughs> I do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Every workplace has their uh, has their clown, and ours is a role. So, yeah. And somehow he's a regional master. manager. It's at least not hostile in here. Oh, it's very hostile. Not yet. Oh, oh how dare you? How dare you, sir? I am a yes. Georgia Tech diehard. No, sir. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't like the the Lobos Aggies hate. Like I don't. I don't understand how you can hate. Uh, when they're playing each other, yes. But like, if if the Aggies do good, I'm I'm happy because it puts New Mexico on the map. When do they ever do good? They made it for a little Sometimes. while when they had Pascal Siakam and the. Oh, you're about you're talking basketball. basketball. Oh, you're talking basketball. Yeah, college football in this in this uh, yeah college football in this state doesn't exist. So oh, Steve, that's tough. That's a tough one. Is it, am I wrong? In the chat. Am I wrong though? No, I don't think you are. And you know, not being from here, I have no dog in this fight between the Lobos and and the Aggies. So, you know, but as an as an outside observer, I can absolutely say that over the past few years, the Aggies basketball has been better, and objectively, I think their football has been better too. Um, but you know, maybe UNM's got some things going on, and maybe they're starting to turn some stuff around. I don't know. <clears throat> we'll just have to wait and see what happens. That's for sure. 
I don't know. That's kind of wishful thinking. And I hope we do. I honestly hope we can only hope that's the thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something's got to give, something's got to get the <laughs> New Mexico sports back on the map. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe something happens with down at the pit. I mean, I know the Lobos are not doing well right now. Um, I don't, I haven't seen how the Aggies are doing at this point. Um, I know the women's basketball team is doing pretty good. So, you know, I, it's bright points, uh, all around there. So, uh, Oh, okay. Here we have a question here. How did you become a Georgia tech fan? Nice community school like that being a New Mexico Highlands university fan. Uh, I grew up in, outside of Atlanta, Harry. Uh, so I had family that went to tech. Um, so it was an easy, easy pick for for me to, to go with tech. Uh, my, my family is basically all tech fans. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, but yeah, as you guys can see, thank you guys so much for hopping over in the chat already. Got some great comments, some great folks over in the chat already. On the name ultras here, NMSU has some of the best basketball in the Southwest. Uh, there you go. Um, you know, we've uh, been having a lot of fun so far. We've got Andres Trujillo with us. And uh, Andres, some, some folks in the chat do know who you are. We know who you are. You're the owner of the Mexico Runners. Uh, club picked up the first win of the season this past weekend. But uh, before we get into that, how did you get involved with the Runners? How did you well, how did you come about owning the club and getting involved with the MASL? Man, it uh, so it goes back to when I was like five, six years old. Uh, <laughs> and the reason why I say that is because I actually played indoor soccer at the complex up on Candelaria and Moon. Back in the day, there was a, I think it was, I want to say like eight fields and two large fields and, and then, you know, some smaller fields and indoor soccer was just such an exciting game. And I loved it. It was fun, fast paced. And, and then unfortunately the facility got uh, sold off and indoor soccer completely disappeared from New Mexico which seemed like, and, and back in 2017, um, there, I got word that the MASL was looking for a market to close the gap in, you know, from Colorado, Arizona, just trying to close the gaps. Um, and so I decided to apply to it and, and see, see if I can get awarded a, uh, a franchise and, and territory rights. And, and of course I did. And then in 2018, launched the New Mexico Runners. And, and then fast forward, we're here in 2022. But for those who may not know uh, my background, I'm actually a, a pretty um, – big supporter of New Mexico sports and, and a sports entrepreneur at that. And so I'm one of the initial investors of the Albuquerque soul. So going back to the Albuquerque soul days, I was one of the investors that helped get, kick off the soul and get them started. Um, I'm also the original, one of the original co-founders of the Duke city gladiators arena football team and professional arena football team. So me and a couple others founded the gladiators back in 2015. And I ran with the, uh, that group until the, uh, end of 27, well, end of the 2017 season. Um, I kind of said, Hey, too many owners, that's too many, uh, chefs uh, in the kitchen. I, I, you know, this, we're not, this isn't progressing the way it should be. Um, I'm going to step back and, and, and uh, do uh, step out. And then, um, of course that's when the MASL, um, 
opportunity came up and that's why I applied for it and got awarded the franchise in New Mexico. And yeah, it's uh, family owned and operated. And so me and my wife and my mother, my sisters, my cousins and nephews and nieces, and we're all just uh, operating this awesome locally owned and operated uh, sports team here. So uh, we're just excited to be here as part of New Mexico, as part of that fabric of New Mexico. And uh, yeah, we're just rocking and rolling and I'm loving it and enjoying the journey. Uh, so what do you do out? What do you do outside of the runners that allows you to to jump in and be a sports entrepreneur? Entrepreneur, as you put it, uh, being invested in the gladiators and the soul and, and the runners. Yeah, so so I do a lot of different things. Um, you know, currently I'm also the executive director of the New Mexico Games, and the New Mexico Games is New Mexico's longest running sports festival. Uh, it's been around for thirty years. And so it, it's all in the, uh, the Olympic tradition and style of Olympics. So we hand out gold, silver, bronze medals, and we, we put on uh, sporting events such as basketball, bowling, archery. I mean, we, this year we're, we'll be putting on 20 events versus the um, 2021 year, it was only 11 events because of COVID regulations and things like that. So I've been I've been the executive director for almost two years uh, with the New Mexico Games, um, but I'm also, I also own a social media digital marketing agency and I handle social media accounts and websites for multiple companies around uh, the Southwest region of the United States. And so that pays the bills, if you will. Uh, <laughs> um, but, uh, but I do that. I also do sports TV production. So I, you know, I work with ProView Networks and help. Uh, I'm a TV sports director for ProView's sports when they do, you know, broadcasting high school sports and whatnot. And, you know, I've worked with the Isotopes and doing uh, production and work with the Lobos doing production um, for their broadcasts and stuff like that. And, and of course, I'm formerly a radio host with ESPN Radio, 1017 The Team, KQTM. And I did that from 2009 through 2016. So uh, very involved with the local sports scene, if uh, if I might say so myself. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You know, I think everyone here in the chat, you know, is familiar with 1017 the team and the New Mexico games and and uh, all those different entities. And and from your from your perspective, watching sports, particularly youth sports, grow here in New Mexico. Over the past several years, there seems to be really been an explosion of sports. We've seen, uh, you know, AYSO expand. We've seen uh, Yaffle. We've seen now NM Flag come in. Um, what do you think about the growth of youth sports, and how does that help feed into the not only the high school but the collegiate levels and above? You know, I think New Mexico has always been behind the curve when it comes to any industry or any type of uh, anything, really. I mean – and to put it in perspective, I remember growing up and going to the movie theaters and we couldn't see what came out in California. We'd have to wait like four weeks for us to be able to see the premiere of a movie. You know, that just kind of shows a little bit of how New Mexico is just a little bit behind the curve when it comes. to. Things. I mean, when you look at uh, states like Texas and Arizona and California, I mean, they're so developed with the youth sports. Right. And and providing opportunities for youth is is something that's i think very important uh, so that they can you know promote themselves to the point where they can have the best opportunity to accomplish their dreams and i, I mean i think new mexico has so many talented athletes uh from the youth level on up there are so many talented athletes that really don't get the opportunity so 
with New Mexico getting on on that train and expanding in the in, with youth sports, I think that's providing opportunities for those youth uh, athletes to expand their horizons and give them an opportunity to to reach for the stars, if you will. Looking at the runners specifically, um, what give some folks an idea as to what goes into like the the actual running of the club in terms of. And I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to ask you for specific numbers, but, um, you know, as far as like renting out like the, the event center or travel, co- you know, travel, things like that, or, you know, bringing in players and uh, actual like game day production. Yeah. You know, it, there's a lot of cost that goes involved. I get that's involved with that. I mean, it's not a, you know, running a team like this is not a, a cheap endeavor at all. I mean, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it requires a lot of financial, uh, injection. Of course, we we utilize our partnerships and and get sponsorships. I mean, that's an important part of it. As any sports club um, at any level is, uh, you know. So so when, when you're looking at you know renting at a facility, you know our, our typical home day home game day cost is around ten to twelve thousand um, dollars. So so when you look at that and add that up, you know, kind of give you an idea of what uh, what uh, what it'll cost to run a run home games throughout the entire season. And that's just, of course, that's just the base give or take, you know, I mean, there's always unknowns. And of course, travel travels an expensive venture as well, because if we're flying to, you know, <laughs> Omaha, you know, plane tickets aren't cheap. And we, we all know that. I mean, it's, it's an expensive venture to, to feed the guys, to, to take care of transportation and things like that. Um, so, so it's, it's, uh, it's one of those things where it's, you have to have a plan at this level. You have to have a plan of action of what you're going to do and how you're going to implement. And, and I think a lot of people think they can do these things and just jump in and, oh, okay, well, I can just do this. It's not, it takes a lot of experience. And, you know, I mean, I've, I have that experience from, you know, starting the Gladiators, uh, working with the Soul and all these other sports organizations, you know, throughout my career and, and my life. And so, you know, definitely having that experience is, is a major part of it. And, and, you know, we see a lot of teams at, you know, the minor league level or in, in any industry, whether it's arena football or, or even soccer that go in, they do their thing and they fold after the first season because they didn't realize the difficulties it was and how much it actually takes to, um, to, to operate something and how much effort it takes. Um, I think people think that, Oh yeah, you make it look easy, and they tell me that all the time, and and I'm like, no, you don't realize that I may make it look easy, but I mean, I'm spending hours upon hours, and uh, you know, late nights, and um, and, and making this happen, and and so, and then of course, getting on the same page with my staff that we that we have, and of course, being family owned and operated, um, you know, being able to coordinate with with those guys, and and making sure we run an run an operation that's that's efficient and sound and of course an entertaining product so yeah yeah you and i actually met in person for the first time um two weekends ago out at the out the event center and you talk about basically wearing many different hats all the different things that you're doing and you and i chatted throughout the game at, at different points but even as you're watching the game, you're cheering for the guys on the, on the field, like you're running around, you're doing social media, you're talking to, I'm assuming season ticket holders. I know there wasn't, you know, I was standing there watching the warmers and there's a guy who had an issue with a, with a seating ticket, you know, like if someone had a, had a seat. And so you're taking yeah. care of that making sure that the, the field is ready and guys know what's going on with the pregame and all that kind of stuff. And it definitely is not as easy 
as some people might think it is just from watching you in that (laughs) couple hours that, that we got to hang out on Saturday night. Yeah. You know, I, I, it's uh, one of those things. It's, I wear multiple hats and, um, you know, and, and being able to balance all that to make sure that everyone's happy at the game. I mean, our fans are, are big, huge, our lifeblood to, to, you know, come out and support what we've got going on and it's ever growing. And so making sure fans like you, that, that uh, one of our season ticket holders, I guess the ticketing system or something messed something up and I don't know what it was, but yeah, we make sure that fix that. We make sure to take care of our season ticket holders, our fans, make sure that their experience is, is amazing and memorable. And, and that's an important thing. Um, you know, it's a customer service type business and making sure that, you know, you got fans. <laughs> I see coach, uh, anyone can do it. <laughs> coach chiming in. <laughs> I love it. Oh, coach. Uh, uh, but uh, yeah, you know, and then just being able to make sure the operations are running smoothly, smoothly. I mean, that's, that's another thing, you know, we got, we got a script. I mean, our script is, is a 25 to 30 page long script. Um, you know, from the beginning, what our PA guy needs to say, what our DJ needs to play, you know, what, what do we have, what do we need to announce? What, what, uh, when does something go on the big screen? When does, you know, so there's just so much coordination, um, you know, and, and me being able to oversee all that, making sure that we're doing what we need to do so that we have an experience. And, and, and I don't know if you guys knew this, um, but here's a little bit of Andres trivia is I used to work for Disney. I used to work for Radio Disney here, uh, AM 1240, which was a radio station here um, back, uh, gosh, I worked for them from 2006 through 2010. And so I was a producer as well as a live MC, uh, hosted radio show, um, and uh, I was a part of their road crew, which promoted the station. And, uh, and so I took the Disney model and implemented it in the runners into the runners business so it's all about experience and at the end of the day we want our fans to walk out of the game win or lose and say man that was a fun time that was exciting i can't wait to come back to the next one so do you get to go to the away any away games and not have to worry about all that and just actually be able to watch and and enjoy so okay so in the first two seasons, no, um, I was, uh, I was, you know, I'm the bus driver. So I drive the, uh, the van, you know, wherever we're going. Um, and, and, and of course it's just part of what I love to do. And as part of, you know, me, uh, being an owner as well as operating. Uh, but, uh, but this season, uh, we're blessed to have one of our staff members, Charlie Bickle. He's actually our team statistician. Um, and, and actually a media assistant. So he helps me with write articles and, and, and things like that. And so he's actually helping me out and coming on every road game this season. So, so he's handling social media updates and he's handling uh, miscellaneous things. And so for me, what I'm doing now is I get to actually sit back. I take my, my camera and take pictures and talk to people and stuff like that. So actually, uh, this season, yes. So uh, I guess I you can say I'm moving up in Good. the world. <laughs> so I want to give a I want to give a shout out to Charlie Bickle, my team statistician. I appreciate everything you do. Uh, <laughs> all right, Depot. Yes, from Paleta Bar. Hey, buddy. Thanks for all your support, man. We appreciate you. Yeah, well, I mean, let's get right into it. The runners, uh, they started off the season 0-5, unfortunately. Uh, but this past weekend over in Wichita, they did pick up the first win of the season by a final of 7-6. to six. And um, 
I, unfortunately, I didn't get to watch uh, much of the match, but I was looking at the stats here and looking at the recap. Uh, and I hope I pronounced these names right. Froyland Ramirez picked up three goals. Marshad picked up two goals and assist. Jackson, another two assists this season. Sergio, a goal and assist. And uh, Colton picked up another goal. Um, what was your takeaway? I mean, obviously, it feels good to get a win. You know, after a rough start to, this, to the season, how does it feel to pick up that first win? And uh, would you rather it been at home? Well, so, uh, I mean, obviously winning at home is, is a huge thing, right? That first win at home, that's an important aspect. Um, but, I, you know, kind of rewinding a little bit uh, through the start of the season through now, uh, I mean, you have to put things into perspective, we hadn't played competitively. Our, our core guys have not com- played competitively at this level in almost two years. So, so trying to readjust those pieces, you know, Coach Famoletta has a system. And this system is a foolproof system. I mean, coach has that experience. He knows the game. And, and it's funny because he'll tell the, he'll tell our players and be like, Hey, this is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. This is going to happen. And, and, and sure enough, that's what happens. And, and it's like, he's a fortune teller or, or can see the future because he's has so much experience in this. He knows what's going to happen. So um, being able to adjust and get our guys on pace with the system, you know, with our core, as well as a lot of new guys that we have on the squad, um, definitely is was was a little bit of a challenge. Um, and, and coach was was very was very frustrated with that. But I think one thing he was able to do this weekend, which shows that his system works, that he can adjust and put people in in places that need to be uh, where they need to be and where they excel. And we saw that we put on a great show. We were, we were very good on defense. I mean, and I think for us in the first five games, our defense was very, very lacking. I mean, it was very weak um, and we made those adjustments. And, uh, and so we made those adjustments and had an outstanding defensive game in the, uh, I saw that coming too, um, in the, uh, in this last game against Wichita. And we could see that with our guys playing their hearts out. And we actually had a roster of 13 guys um only so we were short three guys and our, our game day roster uh, it consists of 16 and unfortunately we had a few we have a few injuries on the on the on the side here and so that kind of shorted us some guys going into wichita but um but yeah coach has a system and definitely we we were able to make that system happen and put it into play and and it uh, got us a got us a victory uh, Nate had a fantastic game on, on Saturday. Uh, I think he had like a 793 save percentage just out of this world. I know he faced a ton of shots. I think it was like 42 or 43 total shots that he faced. Can you speak a little bit to, to <laughs> Nate's performance this season? Um, I know he's kind of a, a younger guy and, and stepping up and playing at this level. Yeah, Nate is a uh, Rear Rancho High School graduate. So he's a local product. And um, so one of the things is that him jumping in the box has been one of the greatest things uh, for the club on the on the defensive side. Um, you know, in previous seasons, we, uh, you know, we would actually drop games. The games that we lost, should I say, were actually two goals difference of, of we could have won or not based on a saves, two saves. So, so Nate has come in and uh, and really livened up what we can do in the, in the box and and when you look at the numbers from last season versus this season so far 
there have been more shots taken on us this season than than they have been all last season. So so Nate being able to stop a higher high percentage of those has been hugely important for our our club. And so but but again, that's only one part of the one one piece of the puzzle, you know, and and making sure that all the other defensive pieces are in place uh, will help facilitate our our offense to be able to create opportunities. And so um, I think we were able to showcase that this weekend in Wichita. Yeah, I mean the club, you know, finally gets you know, like I said, they got their first win. Uh, they're back next weekend at the Real Rancher Event Center. I believe we are taking on let me make sure, the RGV Barracudas. If I forgot that correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, and that's uh, yeah. a five oh five p.m. kickoff on Saturday evening. Um, what kind of what can we expect from the Barracudas? And uh, you think the the runners can pick up their second win on on, on the bounce here? You know, uh, actually, RGV just actually kicked off their season. Um, this past weekend, they, they hosted Amarillo and, uh, and they did defeat Amarillo in, in their double, double, uh, double header weekend. Uh, so, but, um, you know, RGV is, is a kind of a wild card because we haven't really seen what they can do in regards to what kind of ball they play. Um, you know, they, they, they've sat out a little bit longer, uh, because of not just COVID, but they actually sat out a season, the 2019-2020 season, they sat out. And so really they've been on a little bit of a longer hiatus than, than us. And, and so we really don't know what to expect with those guys. And of course, they will be playing a doubleheader weekend. Saturday they play us, and then on Sunday they travel up to Colorado Springs to play the Colorado Inferno. So obviously it's going to be a heavy weekend for those guys, and uh, definitely we are we're we're seeking, man. We're we're seeking to to reel in those Barracudas and, and get that victory number two. <laughs> All right. Uh, we had a question over in the chat earlier for you. Uh, Harry asked, uh, how is there a way to watch the New Mexico runners online? I know it was mentioned that the home matches are, are streamed live on Facebook. Uh, is there anywhere else at the club that folks can watch the runners? Uh, and what about away matches? Yeah. So, so we, uh, we stream our, our, our home games, of course, on our Facebook live um, on our page at NM runners. And of course that's available to anybody that is on and off Facebook. So, um, that's one thing that's cool about the Facebook Live as well. Uh, but it just depends on where uh, where we go or the away teams. You know, Wichita they stream on YouTube. Um, you know, Amarillo was was Facebook Live. It just all depends on each each team that hosts. Uh, it depends on what they decide, what platform they want to what they want to stream to. Um, but it's usually YouTube or Facebook Live. So, uh, but you can always check our Facebook page because that'll have all the links on, uh, especially when we're away, on how you can watch our, watch watch the games live. All right. Well, I think that's gonna do it for our runners recap for this week. Um, you know, uh, so I mean, Andre, stick around, man. We'd love to get your your thoughts on the upcoming USL schedule too, if you'd like to talk that with us. Sure. Why not? Yeah. All right. Uh, so heading on over into uh, some USL news, New Mexico United has been kind of quiet the last uh, two weeks. We haven't had too much going on. We did, of course, uh, announce the addition of goalkeepers and assistant coach Nate Walzer. And we also announced the hiring of uh, Masaki Makhimi as the first assistant coach. Um so some some veteran leadership coming into the technical staff there for New Mexico United, and then of course, uh, as 
New Mexico United did announce. It didn't come out prior to the last show. The worst kept secret in the USL. Uh, New Mexico United did, of course, announce the signing of Raddy Ovuka, uh, the Congolese left back. Um, yeah, guys, this you know, this was kind of big news, kind of came out, got leaked a few days ahead of time, tried to confirm it with the club. They wouldn't obviously wouldn't say anything. Uh, his own club put it out. Uh, uh, Ghana, the Ghana God, soccer put it out. Thank you, Earl. Um, so, I mean, were you guys – so I'm going to ask this in kind of like a two-part question. First of all, we've been waiting for the signing of Austin Yearwood or the re-signing of Austin Yearwood. When Raddy was signed, what was your initial reaction when we didn't know whether or not Austin was coming back? Well, I think most of us um, – most of us, well, as far as me and, and Seth and – I don't know about Earl. I, Earl's a wild card. I never know what Earl's thinking. But um, <clears throat> even on Facebook, because not even Earl knows what he's thinking. Exactly. Um, <laughs> even on Facebook, a lot of people thought that it it might uh, might spell the end of of Yearwood's time here. And and we talked about you know Yearwood having a, a fantastic season uh, last year. And uh, thank you, Earl. Appreciate that. Um, <laughs> Good night, and, Coach. Appreciate you hanging out with us. <laughs> I we'll see you uh, this weekend. Uh, but uh, hinting at news that came in after that, uh, we were wrong. Uh, Yearwood is back, so I was I was definitely off of that. But I'm still excited about this Raddy signing. Um, it's always a good sign when Twitter gets angry at his at the at their team for for loaning out this player because he. Um, he he was well liked at his former club uh, from what we saw and and that's always a good sign when we get somebody that the other fan base is is disappointed to lose so i'm i'm excited to see what he does and and this this roster is is really just starting to come together and i think we're probably four announcements maybe five maybe six i don't know uh including probably one new player um and a backup keeper because we don't have one of those yet but uh, we're just a couple pieces away from, I think, having the roster that we're going to go into into battle with, and I'm I'm excited for it. Wait, so you said we we need a backup keeper? Do we even have a starting keeper? Oh yes, God. yes, we do. Oh, Earl, please continue <laughs> this this year, please. Oh my gosh, we'll have to get Casey back on here to rip you another new one. <laughs> this, this hate is ridiculous. <clears throat> Yeah, I know we definitely we definitely will have to get Casey back on, see how he is doing up in Colorado, and uh, definitely have him school Earl on uh, on goalkeeping skills and uh, and uh, and reads. So we'll um, just tackle him. We'll just go and tackle him. There we go. So you know, maybe maybe we need to set something up where Earl goes and plays <laughs> plays keeper against the entire runners uh, set of forwards, and just see how many Earl can save. I'd be down. Let's get you happen. out of practice. We got to get you yes, guys yeah. all out of practice. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. We'd love to be out there. Um, so, yeah, Raddy came in, you know, obviously a, a very highly touted uh, left back out of out of out of the Ghana League and uh, the Ghanaian Premier League. I apologize. Yeah, yeah, and uh, he yeah. featured. <laughs> what, is Earl, what are you doing? What am I doing? I... Earl's lost. Never mind. That wasn't. Never mind, that wasn't. No. Oh, that wasn't you just saying? Oh, what happened? Oh, what, what happened? I don't even. Know. I heard like a like I a heard, split, like our playback or something. Yeah, I heard echo again. 
Echo or, oh, or somebody it, watching. It could have been me. I'm, I, I took off my earbuds because I think the baby's crying. So I think I may oh, have okay. to jump off because I got the baby crying and and, uh, oh, yeah. and I think wifey's uh, in the shower. So I need to go tend to the baby. But uh, I appreciate each and every one of you guys. Let's get you out of practice. You know, um, you know, we'll see you guys out there on Saturday, uh, January 22nd, the Rio Rancho Event Center. Come come support. It's exciting. We're going to have some fun. And, uh, you know, we're going to have enough foresight to, uh, you know, get this victory let's see if we can do that <laughs> absolutely andres thank you for being here and i appreciate your time so yeah we'll let you go take care of the little one so uh thank you and we'll see you uh out there on saturday all right guys andres trujillo owner owner of new mexico runners go check them out uh at new mexico runners over on at nm runners over on twitter new mexico runners.com uh new mexico runners over on facebook and again saturday 505 kickoff at the rio rancho events center um, get out there, support the runners, support local soccer. It, it really is a, a fun thing to watch. Like I went out there uh, two weekends ago, saw it for the first time, and I was absolutely blown away. So uh, get out there, support them, and uh, we'll see you guys. Hopefully, see you guys out there. Um, so yeah, to continue our conversation on on Ratty, you know, this guy is highly touted at the Ghanaian Premier League. And Jacob, like you said, his club, like the supporters of his of his home club, were really kind of upset about this signing. Um, number one, because it was reported that. We initially offered a, a loan with an option to buy valued at $450,000. That was the report that came out. Ended up just being a single year loan. Um, now, this is the kind of detail that we don't typically see in USL contract reporting in, in terms of you know player valuations and you know, transfer fees and things like that. Like, could you imagine if we paid $450,000 for this guy? I mean, obviously, you know, from the, from the highlights we've seen, he's he's a talented guy. I mean, he held his own against Sadio Mane in a in, in an Afcon match last year. So, I'm looking forward to this. But could you imagine our New Mexico United shelling out four hundred fifty thousand dollars to potentially buy a player? Yeah, I, I one, I think the numbers might be a little more. Well, I think they're trending upward in in everything USL championship, whether that's what we're paying guys. Uh, like, I, I don't know what we, what we're paying Nico Brett. Um, but I think he might be, I think they all might be making a little bit more than we tend to think sometimes. Um, and so these numbers you're seeing, like, like the, the junior Fleming signing from, or transfer from, uh, uh, Birmingham to, to a team in, in France was $500,000. Um, so, so these numbers, they are huge, but, um, this kid, man, he, I mean, he's only 22. Like you said, he, he has played in AFCON. He's, he's, um, was a star for, for his team there in Ghana, Heart of Oaks there in, in, in the Ghanaian, Ghanaian Premier League. And, um, he, he just, he has a mentality or he has an aura that I've seen, about him and, and from the fans and from the highlights that I've seen that he could be, he could come in and be a, a top tier player in this league next year or this year. Um, if things break, right. I think he's going to have a hard time because I believe he's going to be in that Suggs role, um, for the most part. And, and Suggs is obviously a team captain and has been with this club since the beginning. And, and we don't want to see him him go. And and Suggs was often our best player on the pitch last year 
for certain matches. So it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, with those two there. But um, I'm really excited for it. I, uh, it's hilarious that it was broke two days early and and uh, was just everywhere on Twitter and Google. Um, in fact, you mentioned it or you sent it in the group chat and we looked at it. I told Allie about it. And then maybe 10 minutes later, Allie shows me her phone and her Google. And it had the same story that you, you sent us was on hers. Mm -hmm. Um, so it was, I mean, it literally was everywhere. And, uh, and, and that was funny to me, but, but between that and then Illich and Azira on the whiteboard, um, we, we had some, spoilers uh some leaks uh however you want to call it but uh i couldn't be more excited with with that ratty signing and i i can't i can't wait to see a lot of these players on the pitch together and and see how they work i've been trying to figure out lineups in my head and and using the the lineup builder that we used a little bit last year and my goodness man it is um it, it's tough i don't i don't know who's gonna start it, it's similar to last year but but I think it's more on the defensive side this year than last year. I think our, our offensive side is, I have a pretty good, like I, I can pencil in three players when all three are healthy and it's, we had Moreno and Brett. Uh, those three are going to be starting as long as they're healthy. They're going to be out there for the full 90 would be my guess, or at least to start the match. And then after that, I don't know. I don't know about Bruce. I don't know about Ataka. Um, Rivas, I'm not sure, but but that back line, that back line is stacked, and I don't know, I don't know what they're going to do back there. Talking about lineup building, Earl. Now we've got you know we, we got, I kind of mentioned it earlier. You know, Austin Yearwood did, of course, get re-signed for 2022. We kind of already thought this was in place, and and because his agency on their website said prior to last year that he had signed a new two-year deal. So we kind of already thought this was coming. And then we got confirmation that Austin's contract was in negotiation. We knew that much. So we had known since prior to the new year that Austin's contract was being negotiated. Um, and there was some kind of back and forth on Twitter, you know, who might be coming back, who, who might not. And between him and, and Tanari and, and uh, I put out a comment and said, well, the, the I can guarantee I can tell you that one of those players' contracts is being negotiated. Negotiated. There's an A in their name and an N in their name. And uh, yeah, we yeah Andrew Tenari might already be gone. And Jacob sent us something in our group text that might kind of lead to that. But uh, Earl talking about building lineups with Austin being re-signed with Raddy coming in, we seemingly have two left backs now. Um, how do you think? head coach Zach Prince handles this do is there some sort of formation in which we see both Ratty and Austin out there or do you think maybe they kind of platoon each other uh so I don't know I mean we could probably see Austin as like a wing back and then Ratty playing like a permanent uh left back but your guess is as good as mine and I'm not gonna try to guess because I'm not a soccer guru or any kind of guru, to be honest. You're a beer guru. Oh. You're a, I mean, no, what you are, what you are is a forehead joke guru is what you are, but. <laughs> Dear God. So I'm actually kind of upset right now because 
Andres didn't make a single forehead joke. Oh, he did not. <laughs> oh, he's never allowed back on. Oh, he did. He did. Nope. He's had the foresight. Oh, mean or both missed it. Went right over Jacob's forehead, which is a which is a tall task. It's like almost. Never mind. Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> too soon. I don't know. I I see him more from from the highlights that we saw. And the fact that he is listed with Josh Suggs on the whiteboard, the infamous whiteboard, um, I see him more as that position, whether it's a, a wing back in a 3-5-5-3, uh, uh, however you want to describe the formation that we used a lot of last year, or if he's in a, if we're in a 4-4-2, uh, him playing on that Suggs side and being able to get forward and attack and, and bomb down that that side and then Austin's more of a he he doesn't he doesn't like to progress as far up the pitch I mean he will obviously I mean he had the USL goal of the year so we know he'll 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 do some attacking but in in the day in day out uh kind of more often than not we'll see him sitting back a little bit more and ratty from what we've seen man he he he's not afraid to go forward. He's got some some really good skills uh, with the ball at his feet um, and can create from that position a lot like Suggs. And so, so looking at transfer market, um, and I know we all know how accurate transfer market is. Right. They have them all up that left side. Yeah, so they have Austin as a set left back, mm-hmm. but they have Ratty as a left back, a left mid, and a left winger. Yeah. But they. So this is also the same website that has Suggs as a center back. Um, I don't know if you've seen that, but it just has Suggs as a center back, um, and I, I, we haven't seen that yet. Um, so I don't know. But uh, the highlights that we've seen, Raddy will get forward, and I'm super pumped about that. And I, Austin kind of played left, right, center, wherever he was needed last year, and so I. I'm very curious to see what the he what he does with the back line, whether it's a, a four man back line or or really the three man back line that we've been playing with lately with you know Yearwood, Tete and Ryden back there. But then if you do that, you've got Alexi that you've got to find space for back there, you've got Ratty, you've got just all kinds of stuff that that who knows how he's gonna make it all work. But again, much like last year at this time, it's a good problem to have. It's it's a it's a good thing to be looking at the lineup or looking at the roster and going, okay, how in the world do we get our best guys out on the pitch when we have maybe like 16, 17 guys that I feel like should be starting every match for us. And and um, with Reddy and, and Austin being announced and then I think two backups more than likely with Illich and Azira. Um kind of being leaked on the whiteboard. Um, I, I think that bodes well for our depth. I, I wouldn't mind seeing a zero start every once in a while. Um, I, I think Illich kind of came into his own late last year and, and showed some good signs. So if, if he's a backup striker for us, then, then I'm happy with it. I, I would love to see a Brian Brown uh, or a Devin, uh, assuming he's healthy, on that forward depth as well, but um, 
but Illich looks good. Yeah, you, you mentioned that you know the, the kind of leak there from the whiteboard and the the schedule release video. Um, like I've been going through it, you know, taking down different dates and things like that. And you, I saw that, and you screenshot it, sent in, and, and uh, you know, I sent that over uh, to, to to our contact at the club, and they're like, "Oh, good eye." <laughs> And uh, apparently Pete kind of confirmed it over on Instagram. Uh, yes, he did. Pete yeah, we saw that. Oh, hashtag Pete Leaks. <laughs> hashtag Pete Leaks, which the club was not aware of either. Um, and so, yeah, Pete apparently confirmed you, Pete. that over there. Uh, <laughs> Can we get him on that, the podcast? Well, God, I want, to, I want to so badly. He's on my list uh, of, of folks to get on. And uh, so, yeah, Pete apparently confirming that Ilya and uh, – Azira. I think you said Azira are back for the 2022 season. Um, nothing official from the club yet because, you know, in the, in the ratty uh, press conference, we, we of course talked to Edmar Kanan mm -hmm. and I asked David, I said, Hey, um, when it comes to making announcements and things like that, obviously there's a lot going on behind the scenes, you know, and they, so they have to wait for league league and federation approval before they can say anything. Now, the players' home clubs, they can say whatever they want because they're not subject to the league. So even though the ratty information had been out there, the, cl the club couldn't confirm it until it had all been approved by you know, by the league and federation. So um, that's you know that's why we're not seeing these announcements as fast as we would like them. People are questioning why aren't we getting them? Why aren't we seeing these things? And that's why because they have to get the go ahead from the league basically before they, before the club can say anything. And so a little bit of behind the scenes there from, from David and, <laughs> and uh, he was, he was happy to answer the question that we had about, uh, about the leak and how they handled it. And so the, the club kind of played it tongue in cheek and went with it. And so, yeah, I mean, the club's looking really good. You mentioned earlier, Jacob, that you were expecting maybe a couple more signings, you know, maybe one, one or two more new people. And we're pretty, we're close, man. We're close to having a full roster. And like you said, we don't have a backup keeper. Um, if the Illich signing is accurate, he's coming back. We're going to look better at the top. Um, and, you know, things are looking pretty good for us right now. And, you know, I saw, I mentioned it over on social media, and I believe it was on Reddit, asked about Will Palmquist, um, who was, who did come in on trial after uh, the collegiate season ended last year. Do you think there's a possibility we sign Will for another season? Or do we look for someone with a little bit more experience to, to back up Alex? I would expect a little bit more experience to be sought after for for a backup role. Uh, you, you won't, I mean, any... Pretty much any player is going to be a step down from Alex, despite what Earl says. Um, but you don't. I wouldn't want if if Alex was to go down for a month. You know, God forbid. I I wouldn't want to put our hands in the put our fate in the hands of a keeper who has never seen USL competition before or something like that. So, um, I mean. We we all have the most uh, respect for Phil and thought he he was going to be a, a solid keeper. And the one time we saw him, he he did not look he did not have his best game. We'll put it that way. So um, I, I would think that they would bring in somebody that that was Phil's caliber or a little bit better or maybe a touch worse, but not not a whole lot. And so I'm I'm expecting somebody other than Will to be announced as a backup keeper. Yeah, I, I would hope so as well. I mean, Earl, is there still anything left on your wish list? 
uh, of player signings. And Harry, you're absolutely right. You know, at least we're not RGV right now. So, so no, I don't have any more wish lists. Um, but to touch on Harry's comment, I mean, you only have 11 players signed as well. So you, you can't that's, go too far with that. That's fair. Oh. Summer Man. Hey, I know that guy. Yeah, Aaron, you, I'm, I'd be perfectly down to bring back Ben. Um, even, even though he went to El Paso for a while, I would, I would still bring him back in a heartbeat. I uh, love, love me some Ben over there. <clears throat> What's going on, Carlos? Glad to have you in the chat. The, uh, how'd your, how'd your procedure go? Did you have that already? If you care to share in the chat with everyone, um, you know, yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I mean, preseason is right around the corner, guys. We have, we have a match coming up in two weeks, basically. Like uh-huh. this is insane. Like we're about. Oh, it's on Monday. Okay. Monday. Like this is insane, guys. Like we're we're about to switch our schedule from our our postseason, and it's so different because, I mean, honestly, like you look at how the last pre last off season went to compare this. This feels so short. Like it really does. It feels so short in length. And now we've got preseason right around the corner. We've got regular season not far after that. And uh, there's just a lot. And, you know, prior to the USL championship uh, schedule being dropped, we saw quite a few leaks from uh, a number of clubs. So we, we knew a few matches ahead of time. Um, you know, when this schedule dropped, uh, I thought the video they did was the club did was, was really great. I wasn't a huge fan of the white on white kind of hard to see, but you know, if I had to nitpick, you know, but uh, you know, it, it was, I thought it was a really good video um, doing that anyway. And of course the, you know, the whiteboard leak and, and all that, you're looking at this schedule. We have nine Eastern conference opponents. And I think all of them are new except for Charleston, um, which I think is absolutely fantastic. We get a lot of different opponents that we haven't seen so far. We've got Monterey Bay twice. That's going to be a lot of fun. Them coming brand new into the league. We've got RGV three times, which I think is kind of weird. Like, so I know we have RGV three times. I think San Antonio has RGV three times also. Like, I don't know why we didn't just get 10 Eastern conference opponents, but you know, whatever. I think we kind of expected there to be an extra match or two against a Western conference opponent, but you know, looking at, at the way the schedule came out, um, what do you guys think about this? Are you are you happy with the opponents that we got from the Eastern Conference? Do you like the balance of the Western Conference schedule? Carlos. <laughs> Your Raiders lost, so I'm going to be nice and let that slide this way. <laughs> but uh I'm warning you. I'm <laughs> So to answer your question, um, wait, what did you ask again? Um, are you were you happy with the, the the selection of the Eastern Conference opponents, and how do you feel about the Western Conference slate? Uh, I'm just happy we have a season. Bring in the hard hitting insight, Earl. Love it. <laughs> Damn it, Earl. Damn it, Carlos. Uh, anyways, um. No, I think the the Eastern Conference opponents are great. Um, super excited about um, Birmingham. Uh, you know, Nico Brett uh, playing his former team there, and we get to play his other former team in Pittsburgh Riverhounds. Um, Detroit, we get to see what the heck is they're all about. Uh, Miami's going to be a fun one. Fortunately, those three 
Birmingham, Pittsburgh, and Miami are, are all at home. Um, those are probably the three tougher, toughest Eastern Conference opponents that we have, and we get to play them home. Um, we get to go to Indy uh, to face another Mark Lowry, or to face the now Mark Lowry-led uh, Indy 11. And um, as several people have pointed out, it is the day before the Indy 500. So uh, I expect to see some flags, uh, some United flags at the Indy 500 as well, because I'd, I'd be shocked if we don't have a handful of people doing the the double up there and going to two games um, or two events uh, that weekend. Um, who am I missing here? Let's see. Oh, Tulsa. I forget that Tulsa is a, is a Western or Eastern conference point. Um, I can remove you Earl, <laughs> and I can block you sombrero, man. <laughs> um, Memphis, uh, Memphis is another one that's at home. Um, that'd be cool. He was, he's been at, uh, he's at a home match last year. I'm pretty sure. Driving. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I trying to stay focused is ridiculous with you. Um, <laughs> Jacob's forehead is so big, even John Cena can see him. Damn it, I can't. <laughs> I can't block Earl. <laughs> Wouldn't let me. Um, the The fact that we have nine kind of surprises me. I, you know, we heard uh, all through the off season when once they announced it that it was going to be eight plus plus two other games from what I thought was the West. Um, so, so having nine and then and then just one in the West is uh, is kind of surprising. And then the fact that the third one or the the other West one is RGV, um, I'm just gonna sit back. You guys just take it from me. <laughs> yeah, you know, there was a lot like, he's, like you were saying. There's a lot of talk in the off season about what was gonna happen with those cross conference matches, and I think we were all kind of. At least to an extent, I think we were kind of hoping for a home and away against some teams. Is that that kind of what you thought might happen, Earl? Or are you happy with the way it, it played out? I liked the way it played out. I mean, it's, I mean, there's no stupid Tuesday or Monday night games, so, <clears throat> so I'm I'm okay with that. What's the matter? You didn't like Monday night football? No, I did not like Monday night football. See, I thought it was fine, but it's there was this with the, how condensed the schedule was last year. Like there were just far too many matches like that, far too many like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Monday matches, and it made travel <clears throat> impossible to try to get to some of these matches. Like I would have loved to have seen San Antonio, and even you know this year's San Antonio away matches on a Sunday night. Like, like really? Like why? Why not make that a Saturday night match? It just because going, it just doesn't make sense for anyone wanting to, for a lot of, for most people that want to go to that. Like, I would love to go to that, to that away match at San Antonio, but it's on a Sunday night. Like, put that on a, on a Saturday, make it the marquee matchup, unless that, unless maybe that's like the USL championship game of the week on ESPN2 or something. Maybe, and that's the only time slot that they had. I don't know, but 
like I, for the most part, I think this year's schedule is so much better laid out. Like I can't wait. I mean, we're talking about going down to El Paso here in a couple of weeks the, for the second week of the season. You know, um, we're looking at some other potential you know road trips for for us. Um, it's on. It is on a Saturday. I thought it was on a Sunday. Maybe I looked at that wrong, but I could have sworn that was this. No, Sunday, September eighteenth, or did that get changed? Anyway, we'll, we'll, figure, we'll figure that out. On the United website, it has the, the away match in San Antonio on Sunday the 18th. Um, so we'll, we'll get that figured out. But Yeah, I think this is a much better schedule. I mean, would I have loved to have seen a home and away with the Eastern Conference teams? Yeah, absolutely. I think that would have been an interesting series to have. But to see eight clubs, nine counting uh, Monterey Bay, I think that's fantastic. I think it's going to be a lot of variety, a lot of different things to look at. And we're definitely we're gonna have to find some way to pay more they pay more attention to the Eastern Conference this year. Monterey Bay is a Western Conference team. No, I know. I'm saying we have eight new Eastern oh, okay. Conference and Monterey okay. Bay's. Right. And Harry, just so you know, um, the USL schedule has all the games one day earlier. We were supposed to open up on Saturday the 12th. Now we're moved to Sunday the 13th. Um, so yours for the San Antonio game. Uh, it is the 18th on the United schedule, at least. So if you guys want to show up on Saturday, that'd be cool, and just not show up on Sunday, I'd be okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, yeah, I mean, looking at the schedule, I mean, we've, we've talked about, you know, Detroit City and some of the others. I mean, Earl, who are you excited to see? Like, do you think that we can we stand up to some of these Eastern Conference clubs, like like Pittsburgh? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Great so analysis, one Earl. The one that I'm excited for is at home on August 6th against Miami. That'll be a fun one. I, I think Miami's going to be a fun squad this year. Um, they, you know, they they came on last year a little bit and looked pretty good. So, so I think that uh, it, it could be, you know, you know that one and Birmingham and Pittsburgh, like I said, are all going to be tough tests, and, and I'm glad we got them at home. But that Miami one's going to could be fun. I love their kits. They're bright. They're orange. They're blue. They're kind of all over the place. It, it'll be a fun game to watch. Yeah, I look at these, and you know, I trying to pick out even just a handful of matches that I really want to circle the dates on. Like, um Matt Carlos... See you, Carlos. Have a good night, man. I'll be talking to you later. Um, you know, I, I can't wait to see, you know, Pittsburgh. I can't wait to see FC Tulsa. I mean, really, like, because they're, they're new opponents. They're guys that we haven't seen. And being back say, at the, yeah. Can I say Phoenix at home is also one that I'm, I definitely have circled and starred. Uh, we haven't faced them at home and since, um, uh, 2019 when they mm-hmm. clinched the the supporter shield with a draw here um and i'm i'm really excited to finally get them here and then santi it'll be santi's return uh for the first time coming to new mexico and um i just that that one's gonna be a fun game and i'm gonna be i'm gonna be riled up for it for sure yeah and you know looking at the schedule i mean you know having it spread out i think it you know it definitely 
and one of the things in the in the league announcement was that the schedule allows for them to have the breaks to kind of coincide with international breaks, open cup breaks, all that kind of stuff, you know, so it's not doesn't have all that congestion that we had from 2019, you know, where you had guys playing, you know, seven matches in 28 days or nonsense like that. Um, my how only, they, how did they do this though? Because the <clears throat> 2019, we started March 7th, I believe, mm-hmm. if I remember right. So that was a week earlier than what we're starting this year. March 9th. 9th. Yeah. Okay. March 9th. Um, and, and this year we're running till the 15th of October. What was the last regular season game in 2019, Earl? Uh, it was like October shit. I don't oh, know. you don't? I thought you had the schedule right there. Since you no, I have the, I have oh, the, the opening flag. flag. That's what it is, huh? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pulling up Wikipedia here real quick. The last regular season game was October 19th. Yeah, so it's it's the same length. And it's the same amount of games, isn't it? Thirty-four and thirty-four. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know how they so, managed. So to why was it. why was it why was it so so different than the first year? But um, I don't know. I I'm excited for it. There is a there is a weird TBD date that's on there. Yeah, that I, I'm not quite sure about. And assuming it's going to be. Or when it's placed in the schedule is between the first and the ninth of October, so assuming it's between there, uh, we're gonna have from the second to the we'll say sixth, um, without a home game. So basically a month without a home game there, um, which is a little rough. But and then we have another month like or another stretch like that in between May and June where we're here on the 21st and then we're not back until the 22nd of June. But if I remember right, that first year we had like 80 some days, 60 some days, maybe 60 some days or 50 some days where we didn't have a home match. There was a huge, huge break um, followed by, or and a bunch of away games surrounding it. So um, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a fun season, guys. 34 games as opposed to last year's, however many this is. I, I, it's probably the same number. I don't want to count. It's probably close to the same number, but it's not the same team four times, um, as we've talked about and Seth has, has commented on several times. Uh, it, it's it's going to be a fun one. And, and Harry, it's going to be congested for some teams. Um, others, it'll be one game, and then and then they're gone. Yeah, and Harry's absolutely right. You know, year one, we did have that deep run in the Open Cup, which did add some issues. Um, at one point, we had, I think it, it was uh, five away matches in a row um, just in league play. And then I think there were um, there were two Open Cup matches in there as well, so like seven away matches. Yeah, like you said, which is, like you said, which is just absolutely crazy to, to think of. Um but I think the, the open cup schedule is a little bit different this year. So you don't have that compact. Um, and I'm going to, I'll pull it up just to make sure, but I don't think the dates are quite as close on the different rounds of the open cup. Um, yeah. I'm pretty sure you're right. So I think it'll, I think it'll work out a little bit more. Cause if you look at the schedule, you know, you mentioned that earlier three, almost a month where we have, you know, all the way matches, it's three matches in, 
like three and a half weeks. Yeah. Cause there's, not, a, there's like a 12 day break in between yeah. two of them. It's not a lot of matches that we're away for. It's just a lot of, I mean, 30 days is a long time to not go watch them. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I, I think the schedule broke really well for us. I think it's, it's going to be uh, an exciting year. I'm, I'm excited to see some Western Conference teams. Like I said, like Phoenix coming here, um, get to see Sacramento after uh, having not seen them since the playoffs in 2019. Um, Tulsa coming back, even though that, I mean, that's, I know that's an Eastern Conference opponent now, but they were in the West when we first started here. Um, in fact, that was our first game. No, our first win, I believe, was against Tulsa. Uh, of course, they were the Tulsa Roughnecks um, in 2019. But um, it, it's it's going to be a, a a good season. Uh, Harry in the chat says uh, Sac Republic is loaded this year. Um, they are. They're, I, I mean, I think there's a lot of loaded teams right now. I mean, you look at Phoenix, who's always going to be up there. You look at, I think, the changes that we've made puts us maybe not quite up there on paper but uh, i think a possibility to be up there colorado springs is doing some 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 big things over there at least offensively and then and then they get maka king from el paso and and um you know we harry mentioned they only have 11 players right now or earl mentioned it for san antonio but um that they're they're going to be competitive they always are uh at least in the three years that we've been in the league they've uh, they did miss the playoffs in the first year, but they um, they were they were a fun team that first year, and then they've looked better the last year. So they're going to be up there. I don't know what the fuck's going on in El Paso. Um, they have announced some player signings, but uh, even uh, Harry was in in the chat with the USL show uh, right before we came on here, basically, and. Um, you know, San Diego, yeah, that's another one. Um, El Paso is taking back. Uh, Phil, Phil, uh, oh, what's Phil's last name, Harry? Is it Baki? Um, of the Seriously Locos podcast. He's on the USL show now. Um, he talked a little bit about El Paso, and he said up to a couple weeks ago, it was it was downright negative uh, with what the fans were thinking about the team. Now it's cautiously optimistic, I think, is what they said, and uh, is what he said, and and uh, I feel it. I mean, they they came in. They didn't have a coach for. They lost their coach unexpectedly. They they lost several players. He was talking about the Maka King um, going to Colorado Springs, and how surprising that was. Um, so I think they're kind of hurting. But every everybody else in the West is that usually is good. Looks either really good or or great right now. Um, yeah, Orange yeah. County and Sacramento are splashing the cash, and yeah, you know, Orange County, good. Good. And, yeah, yeah, Phoenix, of course. I, I have some concerns about Phoenix's latest signing, bringing up the the guy from League One, um, Hurst. Hurst. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he does, how I, he fits into the system. I would be surprised if he is their only or their starting striker. Um, I would I would think Phoenix is going to do uh, something else there, whether whether it's bringing back a guy. Um, like uh like adam john maybe or um i don't know what he's doing nowadays uh but somewhere along those set that caliber just somebody up there i i'm surprised that isn't back um but 
they're they're not. I don't think they're done, and I'm I'm okay with that that signing if it's a if it's a depth signing. Yeah. Uh, so looking back at the Open Cup schedule, um, 2019, you had the second round played May 15th, third round basically two weeks later on May 29th, then a, like a week and a half later. You had the fourth round. A week after that was a round of 16. And then you had three weeks in between the round of 16 and the quarterfinal. Yeah. Um, looking at the 2022 schedule, it is spread out a little bit more. So the second round will be April 5th through the 7th. And the third round will be two weeks later, the 19th through the 21st. And then the round of 32, uh, May 10th and 11th. Uh, round of 16, May 24th. So it's spread out more. So even if you make a deep run this year, you're mm-hmm. not, you're, you, it is going to add to the congestion, but mm-hmm. it's not going to be like it was in 2019. Right. So, I mean, as long as you've got the depth, I mean, you know, I think you're going to be okay compared to what happened in 2019. Well, and one thing in 2019 is we didn't have the depth. Mm-hmm. We did not have near the depth that we have had the last two years uh, and this year as well. So, so I'm, I'm not as worried about that. And, and I mean, Look, I would love to make another deep run. Um, not a lot of USL clubs make deep, deep runs like that. And so it, I'm not going to go in expecting to make another quarterfinal run uh, or something like that. But um, if we do, I feel like we're a lot better equipped now than we were uh, two years ago. So uh, Harry says, I'm not impressed with OC uh, Orange County, and, and he wasn't last year either. So um that they're, they're going to be tough. I think they, I could see out of the teams that, that Harry mentioned and we mentioned, so Colorado Spring, San Diego, Sac Republic, Orange County, Phoenix, Mexico United. Um, they, they all on paper, like you guys, like we said, look, look like a really, really tough team. And, and um, all those matchups are going to be fun. I'm, I'm really excited to play Colorado Springs again. Um, you know, there was a period of time where we we owned Colorado, uh, the whole state uh, basically. That changed a little bit last year, and and um, it, it'll be interesting to see to see what happens this year up there. But I couldn't be more excited for the schedule and 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 the format that they're doing. I love that we're playing Eastern Conference teams. Uh, I I think I'm happier seeing nine different Eastern Conference teams instead of four of them with home and homes, but. Uh, it gets it gives us a chance to see how we stack up against even more more teams in the Eastern Conference, which is always good. All right, well, I think that's all of our major talking points for this evening. Unless you guys have anything else that you wanted to cover. No, no, I think we're good, man. I, I uh, I'm curious to see. When players, we we've seen some players start to arrive. Uh, we saw Harry Swartz, um, Harry Swartz arrived and was greeted at the airport. Seymour, um, well, Seymour showed up uh, and was greeted at the airport. So um, they're starting Who's to get finding here. out about this because I, I haven't found out about this. I'm, I'm assuming that no the club idea. is letting maybe the curse know because I'm assuming that's who's showing up. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is because I I, I have like not known either. But I, mean, I know I, I'm not part of the curse, but I would like to know. And I I, 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 I promise that if be... I I promise if I'm there, I won't ask any questions. But I can't promise. That. Um, no, I w- I would like to know too. I think I'll 
I'll shoot David an email or a text and say, hey, can we get a heads up when, when these players are coming in? I mean, I'm two and a half hours away, but um, if if it matches up with when I'm going to be headed up that way anyways, I'll, I'll gladly pop in and, and say hello and, and, and greet them. And, and uh, especially if it's, I mean, if, if it's a returning player, great. Uh, if it's a new player, then, then that's a little bit better. I think just to give them the, the first impression of, of New Mexico and, and the fan base and, and us here at Somos Moss. I, I just think that that would be a fun experience. So, so yeah, I hope hope we can can get on that list that gets notified. So I do have one more thing, and you talking about the players coming into town, kind of kind of keyed it in. You brought this up in our in our group chat the other day, and Harry, if you're still in the chat, I want to get your take on this too. So the other day, apparently El Paso made a big deal of a new head coach getting into town with the first time, and Jacob thought that this was just weird. And Earl, I'm sorry, I don't remember your reaction to it. Um, you know, and, and Harry again. I'd love to get your reaction. Is it? Do you think it's strange that it took this long for the head coach to show up in El Paso, or do you think that it's just kind of kind of goes with the territory? Like until the players actually get in, there's really no need for him to be there. So I I actually don't blame him for taking so long to get to El Paso. I mean, it is El Paso. Um, so for one, I don't ever want to go to El Paso myself. Those burrows are too slow. Um. So yeah. So I don't blame him. And two. It's been a whole about a whole month since I've said this in Feb. Yeah, I well, you said it two weeks ago. I'm pretty sure, but I mean, Mark Lowry said it when he took off. So Feb, <laughs> he did. He damn sure did. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just. It just when I when I think of a coach, like I I think of when I coached middle school basketball or high school baseball or even little league, like you want to be present and like at the, at the field, for instance, like when I was a baseball coach, I mean, I was there a lot, even when I, I mean, I could have done it from home. Yes. And if anything, if COVID has shown us anything, it is that a lot of what is being done in the world right now probably could be done from home. But, uh, it just seemed like a, a, uh, a weird thing to announce him. And then it was about a month after they announced him before he got here and, and, you know, maybe he was he's tied up doing other things. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. Visa and stuff like that. That's that's fair. Don't give me that look, Seth. You didn't bring up that point. <laughs> Had you brought up that point, I'd been like, oh, yeah, OK, that makes sense. But no, you were just like, ah, that's fine. Uh, it just seemed weird to me. Um, if it if it wasn't visa related, it still seems weird to me because I'd want to be there and get to know the front office and, and talk to them and get settled in my office and and be ready for when the players do arrive, not show up while the players are arriving or some have already arrived. So here's um, one thing. If I were to ever, and God forbid I ever do, become the coach of El Paso, I'm going to drive the five hours it takes to get there the day I sign that freaking contract just to dropkick Yuma in the mouth. <laughs> Yuma might not be there. He might. Okay, Harry's, bring, Harry's actually bringing up points, Seth. Unlike you, you just call me stupid. Uh, so I appreciate you, Harry. I appreciate you. I just said you're overthinking. I didn't say you were stupid. Well, yeah, he's mega mind. Or maybe I was underthinking it. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I hate you both. <laughs> oh man! All right, I 
just want to get that. I want to get the Harry's take as well because you know he's he's pretty dialed in, um, like we are with uh, the USL scene. So, um, yeah, I think if you guys don't have anything else, uh, Jacob, get us out of here for tonight. All right, guys. Earl, you got anything? No. Okay. Cool. No. Um, in fact, I'm gonna go ahead and, and mute you so you don't make any jokes while I'm talking. And uh, yeah, thanks for joining us. The the chat, uh, especially in the early part, was was definitely blowing up like it was last year it's always fun when we have interaction and 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 have you guys watching live and and we really appreciate it um i i think we're gonna wait two more weeks uh and then start going every week but um uh unless something crazy happens between now and and next week we'll we'll be back in a couple weeks to to talk about it uh i don't know if that's a forehead joke or not harry but i appreciate it um (laughs) Uh, yeah, it's, it's just, it's always a fun time. Uh, jokes. Wait, 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 wait. So Harry, I have a question real quick, uh, real quick, real quick. So you said great show tonight. Once again, Jacob carried the load. Um, I don't see anyone calling Jacob when his camera went out. I had NMU ultras crying because I was gone. Okay. 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 That's what it is. Look, do you have a stalker? No. Thank well, goodness. that's good because you couldn't fucking hide from the enemy with your big ass forehead. <laughs> Two weeks from now, nine o'clock, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. Um, I'll be back. We'll, we'll talk about any signings that that get announced. Uh, probably break down the schedule a little bit more. I think we'll might start transitioning to, into a a formal. Um, Oh shit! What's the word I'm looking for? Well, he's thinking of preview. We'll, we'll think. Preview. We'll think of. Uh, we'll, we'll, preview. We'll, we'll talk preview. about. Uh, preview. We'll talk about Billy. Preview. <laughs> and skyscrapers in Fort Sumner. Appreciate it. Uh, uh, an official preview of the season coming up, and and uh, and talk a little bit more about about the new signings and and anything else that comes up between now and then, but. Uh, until then, guys, uh, somos nidos, and and I think it's two weeks until, maybe three weeks until we have, or two and a half weeks until we have actual soccer game to talk about that we won't be able to watch because it's going to be behind closed doors. But we'll at least hopefully see a lineup and and see some goals scored. So that's a lot of sun rotation around that big old forehead. Somos nidos to everybody, but Earl. Talk to you guys later. You've been listening to Somos Mas, your source for the latest news and notes on New Mexico United, the USL, and the New Mexico Runners. All of our shows are recorded live on Tuesday nights and are streamed on our YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter pages. An audio-only version of the show goes live later in the week on all major podcast platforms. Our show is written and produced by Seth Bidoff, Jacob Terrell, and Earl Nieto, and is edited by Seth. All episodes are recorded and edited using StreamYard and Audacity.